Hello, and welcome to CM Conversations. I'm today's host, Will Brockbank, a specialist in the rotating equipment space across the globe. On this episode of CM Conversations, I speak with Laura Bishop, Director at Infinitus Design and Chair of the GSHBA. In my conversation with Laura, we'll discuss how heat pumps can get us to net zero, as well as the lack of talent currently in the sector. So here it is, and I hope you enjoy. Thanks so much, Laura, for uh, taking the time to speak with me today. Um, Firstly, for anyone that doesn't know you, could you just give us a quick introduction to yourself and your background? Yeah, of course. Uh, No problem. So uh, my name is Laura Bishop and I'm a chartered mechanical engineer. Um, I have been doing that for the last 21 years. Um, But about eight years ago, I took redundancy from E.ON where I was uh, looking after the engineering team for microgeneration and commercial heat and set up Infinitas Design, uh, which is very much focused on large scale renewable heat um, system design and development. So that's uh, nowadays that has morphed into very large scale water source, ground source, heat pumps mainly, some air source, um, also heat network design. So we do a lot of heat network design and um, thermal storage and we we sort of try and also incorporate some interesting novel technologies in there as well so um, that's what we that's what we're about Um, and we're all about removing carbon emissions from heating in the UK that's our sort of mission statement so that's what we're about we're we're a company of three Um, we're spread all over the country and we we actually as as a company we cover uh, projects from top to bottom, so all the way up from the Orkney Isles down to the south coast. Um, but I'm also um, the chair of the Ground Source Heat Pump Association, something I started in October 2020, I think it was, uh, during COVID actually. Um, and yeah, I've been doing that for the last uh, 14, 15 months. Um, and that is looking after the Ground Source industry as a trade association. That has actually been running about 20 years as an association, but it's become very, very popular. We've had a lot of new members this year. We've, I think we've almost doubled our membership in the last year or so. Um, so that's that's me. Um, so it's all very, very much focused on heat pumps, heat networks and decarbonisation. Right. Well, thanks very much for that, Laura. Um, and I suppose we can just jump straight into it. So the question that you know kind of springs to mind first off is where did it all start? You know, why in most recent years has you know, the lots of heat pumps become a lot more popular? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's um, it's a really good question. And I think a lot of people who've been working in the heat pump industry for a long time will say that since November 2020, the conversation about heat pumps has been, been completely different and it's become very much more prominent and I think most people if you read the newspapers or watch the news will have heard of heat pumps or sometimes on a daily basis actually when something new comes out from government so there was a real step change in November 2020 people in the UK have been installing and having heat pumps installed for a very long time so it's not something new it's not new technology but in November 2020, Boris Johnson came out and talked about the Green Industrial Revolution and the 10-point plan for net zero. So that's where it all started, uh, this new conversation. And since then, we have had um, various um, 
we've had the heat and building strategy released that that was quite late it came about towards the end of last year we've had some consultations on um heat pump technology the government are extremely clear that electrification of heat in the uk is the way one of the ways that we are going to go get to net zero obviously there are other streams of development like hydrogen technology and heat networks um but uh, they they are very clear that decarbonization of heat is going to be through electrification so we have these uh, humps of interest where boris johnson made the announcement back in 2020 then we had um the heat and building strategy and all the run-up to that we had cop 26 all of it is talking around heat pumps and and um, how they can be used to decarbonize heating and cooling and how that helps us to get towards net zero so that's a new conversation um, but it's not new technology that's really important to remember um, but it's just a new focus that we're seeing and it's being pushed from the government down to to people in the industry and also to consumers all around the uk yeah, so thanks, Alan. And, and just to kind of follow on from that, um, why are they going to get us to net zero? Yeah, so for anybody who's listening who doesn't know what a heat pump is or is unfamiliar with the technology, they are an electric heating system. Um, they also provide cooling as well. So anybody that has a fridge in their house actually already has a heat pump. Um, so that's just, it's a similar, very similar technology. Um, we're taking free energy from air, ground, water, wastewater, waste heat, mine water, things like that that are already naturally occurring there. And we are increasing the value or increasing the temperature of that um, free energy by injecting electricity and then you making useful heat for things like radiators and underfloor heating and domestic hot water for showers and taps and things. So the, the great thing about heat pumps is because they're using free energy, as in the air and the ground, um, the efficiency of the heat pump is much greater than 100%. So, so a typical well-performing heat pump system will have an efficiency of around, let's say 400%. So it's you, you're putting one unit of electricity in and you're getting four units of heat out. That's the big difference between normal electric heating with electric panel heaters or storage heaters. You're getting a lot more energy out from a heat pump um, than you are with just standard um, electric panel radiator. Now, because the national grid where we get our electricity from has decarbonized over many years, um, we're now finding that electric heating systems are actually um, producing much less carbon than say a gas boiler so a gas boiler is typically around 90 percent efficient so you're putting gas in and you're getting less heat out than gas in and obviously when you're burning gas um, it is producing carbon emissions and it's also putting particulates into the air which is not good for breathing uh, a heat pump at where it's located does not combust any fuel so not only is it not producing carbon emissions itself from where it is outside your house or outside a factory it's also not um, producing any particulates so you're you're benefiting from clean air as we see the national grid decarbonize into the future and, and national grid um, have produced um future scenarios showing how that's going to continue to decarbonize as we have more wind turbines as we have more solar pv we'll actually see those carbon emissions from heating using heat pumps for heating continue to to reduce now obviously there has been anybody listening to this now will be aware that things have changed quite drastically recently because of the gas uh, the energy crisis that we're currently in with um 
a lot more gas and some coal now being used to produce electricity. Um, we hope, I mean, I personally hope that that is a, a, um, a glitch really, and we'll start to see the, um, the, the, a change back from high carbon fuels being used to generate electricity, such as coal and gas and getting back onto the wind turbines and the solar PV. And of course, nuclear power as well, which um, is carbon neutral when it's generating power. Of course, we have the problem of nuclear waste, which is a separate topic. Um, but as we start to see the grid go back to decarbonizing, then heat pumps really is the way to go, especially because you can get a lot more heat out from one unit of electricity than just using um, electric uh, panel heaters or storage heaters. Great, lovely. Um, and, and that kind of leads me on to uh, my next question, which is, I mean, it'd be great to see if we could enroll these out to all properties. Um, but what are the main blockers, you know, for example, if properties are off the gas grid or, or you know, something like that? Yeah. Um, so the biggest blocker really, um, in my view, and a lot of people's view in the industry is the the issue we've got around the gas price in the UK and putting aside the current crisis, which is, you know, it's just seeing gas and electric prices shooting up and putting people into real problems with their bills. If you go back to, say, only three or four months ago, um, the UK has one of the lowest gas prices in the whole of Europe and one of the highest electricity prices in the whole of Europe. And that's sort of historic, you know, when people started going over to gas during the uh, 1950s, 60s, 70s, um, the price of gas was very low and it's remained low. So, for example, you might only be paying two or three pence per unit of gas uh, on your gas bill, you know, putting aside the current crisis that we're in and the high prices. Um, whereas electricity, you could be looking at paying around 14, 15, 16 pence a kilowatt hour or per unit. So you can see that there's a huge gap between the cost of running your house using a gas boiler and the cost of running your house using an electric heating system. The efficiency of a heat pump would have to be really high to bring your cost of heat down to the same price as, as where gas is. So that's the biggest problem. When you tell people, well, you're running your gas boiler and it might be costing you a thousand pounds a year to run your gas boiler, but if you put a heat pump in, it might be really costing you 1200 pounds a year to run your heat pump. That's a problem for a lot of people. And it certainly wouldn't make me think as a, as a consumer, but that's something I don't want to do. The other big problem around cost is that if you have a gas boiler installed it might only cost you two and a half thousand pounds something like that uh, in a sort of a typical three-bedroom house if you're putting in an air source heat pump the cost is around eight thousand to ten thousand pounds for a ground source heat pump you're looking at least ten twenty thousand pounds so again it's the upfront capital cost that is so much greater than putting in gas boilers and that's indicative of gas technology being so well rolled out you know there are millions of gas boilers across the UK um, whereas we have probably thousands of heat pumps installed uh, so we need to see um, more more heat pumps being installed to see that cost coming down and also we need to see a difference uh, being made in the in the way gas is priced and the way electricity prices are, are rolled out so one thing we're looking at at the Ground Source Heat Pump Association, talking to Bayes, the government responsible for um, the government department responsible for electrification of heat, talking to them about possible heat pump electricity tariffs. Because if you switch 
the cost of gas and electric around, what happens is you end up landing people who are still on gas boilers in fuel poverty even more so than they are already. We don't want that to happen uh, while we transition out from a gas-based heating system to an electric-based heating system. But if you have a heat pump, uh, what we're saying is that you should be able to benefit from a lower electricity price to run your heat pump. Um, so as more people come away from gas boilers onto electric heat pumps, they're actually benefiting from a lower tariff. That's what we'd like to see at the association. Um, but we're still talking to the government. And of course, the energy crisis at the moment is delaying those conversations, shall we say. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. And something that you touched on um, just then was obviously the running costs. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, it's, it's, you know, more expensive uh, in the short term. However, how do you think we can justify to people that obviously getting it in place now can be beneficial in the long run? What do you think, you know, the ideas surrounding that would be? If you're running um, a boiler on oil or LPG, uh, and there are still a lot of people out there that are you know, off the gas grid, so not connected to the gas grid, and are therefore having to use something other than natural gas. We're seeing those um, costs of LPG and oil rise. So if you went onto a heat pump system, it's quite a different scenario than moving someone from natural gas onto a heat pump system. So the government have um, they've just closed consultations on uh, their, their plans for everybody, both homeowners and businesses that are off the gas grid, moving them um, away from the, those high carbon fuels of oil, LPG, and actually coal in some instances. So from 2024, the consultation proposed that large buildings, not home, not homes, but large buildings, would not be able to replace LPG oil and coal boilers from 2024 with a heat pump first approach. And then from 2026 onwards, if you're a homeowner with one of those kind of off gas boilers, you would not then be, re- be able to replace that boiler. Now, that consultation hasn't been approved or anything has come out from that yet, but that's obviously the way the government are looking so it's a it's an easier thing to take on board because of the higher cost of lpg oil and coal and uh, so that's going to be a big impact for people you know looking at how is it cheaper in the long term well the cost of oil and lpg is only going to go up whereas electricity we are hoping particularly if there's a heat pump tariff that you will see the cost of running your heat pump lower to be lower than running continue to run your oil and lpg boiler um, for people still on the gas grid, I think the we've just got to wait and see how this pans out. Um, I've talked about fuel poverty. We don't want to see people in fuel poverty. We don't want to see people that cannot afford to heat all their homes sufficiently, having to choose between heating and eating. It's, that's not right. Um, so I think right now the focus has got to be on um, the oil and LPG off gas properties uh, and then we'll have to just wait and see what happens with the gas that's the gas grid um when the energy crisis starts to settle down we'll have to see how that pans out then yeah absolutely um and i think as well one of the kind of issues that we face in the industry is the kind of the lack of skilled talent in order to enroll this out at the pace that it needs to be um, mm-hmm. So where do you think that the, the skilled people are coming from, essentially, maybe upgrade schemes or something like that? Yeah. Uh, so we have, um, yeah, I think that I think the, the, the people working in the ground source industry who are specialists are very few and far between. Um, but, you know, considering the amount of heat pumps that the government wants to see rolled out by 2028, which is still 
600,000 heat pumps per year by 2028, considering we're now in 2022, it's only six years away. Um, we are we're basically saying that, yes, the specialists in the industry who are doing heat pumps day in, day out, there's nowhere near enough of them. Um, we need to see certainty from the government so that those specialists who are, you know, have been installing heat pumps a long time, they can see the certainty and can start to recruit and train. So that's one, one way we're going to get more, more skilled people in. But we also have thousands of um, gas boiler fitters um, and technicians who can be upskilled um, and come over to um, install heat pumps instead. So there's various um, initiatives going on. The heat Pump Association have a, an upskilling course that it's a three day course that takes people from um, where they are as gas fitters, plumbers to um, become air source heat pump installers. Uh, and that's through the manufacturers. Um, the Ground Source Heat Pump Association is um, doing some more in-depth work where our, our members are launching um, an apprenticeship in September. So this is a low-carbon apprenticeship. So Ground Source Heat Pumps were actually removed from the apprenticeship scheme about three years ago, which was not very uh, long-sighted. Uh, so that's coming back into play in September. So rather than having young people or anybody actually who wants to be an apprentice, rather than having them trained up as plumbers to fit um toilets and, and, and taps they're actually going to be trained up as heat pump installers from day one heat pump installers and designers because the design aspect is very important when you're looking at heat pumps uh, so that will start in september so we'll get a new tranche of people being trained from a young age or you know moving into this possibly from other industries um, and then we're also the ground source heat pump association is also rolling out new training um to sort of the the I want to say the professional, the, the architects and the consultant engineers and facilities managers, that's actually going to be rolled out um, at the end of February. So that's a an online training course uh, that anybody can sign up to and, and attend. And that will be presented by people within the GSHPA, including myself, talking about everything from what is a heat pump? How do you design a ground collector? What do you have to be aware of inside a building? Um, how do you interact with existing heating emitters, radiators, air handling units, things like that. So there's a lot of work being done on training. We've got MCS as well, Microgeneration Certification Scheme, who we work closely with on skills and training. But I think we are at a point where if everybody in the UK wanted a heat pump tomorrow, we wouldn't be able to do it. And one of the things we've got to watch is that you don't get cowboys coming in and saying, I can fit your heat pump because it isn't as easy as fitting a gas boiler. It's not take a gas boiler out, put a heat pump in. There's a lot more to consider. You have to consider the entire building, especially if it's a retrofit um, situation. Um, so we're very aware of skill shortage, and as is um, Bayes at the government. Um, and we've got plans in place and things that are happening to upskill people and to make sure people know what they're doing. And, it, one of the big things actually we're talking about at the council is getting people to understand what they don't know. So you don't know what you don't know, conscious and conscious. Um, and that's one of the biggest things, I think, is people think they know how to do something and then they get into, tr into you know, troubles on site because they don't actually know what they're doing. And then it's the client that bears the brunt of that. So it's trying to avoid that. And if anybody's listening to this and thinking, well, I really want a heat pump, please don't 
going to the person who comes to your door and says, I'll fit you a heat pump. Um, it's the same with things like solar panels. Um, please come and speak to the GSHPA. Uh, we can point you in the right direction for good installers, good designers. Um, but it's a process of upskilling and training that is going to take months and years before we are where we should be. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think just kind of leading on from that, Laura, um, obviously we've, we've just touched on it then that there is upskilling and, and various upgrade schemes involved. There's funding from various places, but what else do you think could be done in order to help reach this net zero target? Um, whether it be with a private organization or the public sector that can help to, you know, drive the heat pump um, you know, forward. Uptake, yeah. I mean, a couple of things really. I mean, we, you know, over and above what we've already talked about, you know, the, the cost of running a heat pump versus running a gas boiler, the cost of installing a heat pump versus a gas boiler, um, the availability of skilled staff. I think we've got to see from the very top from government, and obviously they've got the things on their mind right now, um, but we've got to see a drive and a lead from the top. So the heat and building strategy. It was good that we had a strategy. It's still, in our opinion, not enough to actually put the plans into place and to say, thou shalt have a heat pump. Um, I don't know if they can do that. Um, so we need to see a lot more focus and a lot more action and um, drive and rules and regulations coming down from the government. It must not be seen as a, this is a nice to have a heat pump, it's a nice to have. It mustn't be seen like that. And it mustn't also be something for the rich. Um, you know, it's got to be available technology for everybody. Um, so we need to see that that leadership from the top. Um, I think the other thing we need to try and work out is the myths that come out constantly. And I meant to say this earlier, actually, about the Daily Mail headlines of I had a heat pump and it didn't work and I had a heat pump and it cost me a fortune. Those sort of headlines are extremely unhelpful. And although there are horror stories out there of heat pumps, um, there are a lot of very good, um, you know, people have a lot of good experiences with heat pumps. And unfortunately, it's always the bad news stories that hit the headlines and they really can put people off having a heat pump and they per perpetuate myths around having to have all your radiators ripped out, having to have all your pipe work ripped out. It's simply not true, um, but the myth is perpetuated through the media. And that's a, that's a bad, that's bad yeah. <laughs> for, for the industry as a whole. So we're trying to get that across. We're doing webinars. We have been doing a lot of webinars, a lot of myth busting. We're here to answer any questions if people are not sure or they've heard something and they're not quite sure about what's right and what's wrong. Um, you know, we were, we were encouraging people to come and talk to us about that. Um, but that's a big problem, I think, for our industry. But only by having more installs, more good installs, and more people willing to say, well, I've got a heat pump, actually, it works brilliantly, um, and we're really happy with it. That's how we're going to overcome those myths. Um, so we need the leadership from the top, and we need to combat the myths, and then we'll start to really get going, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And hopefully, as you know, more start to get installed. Um, hopefully that myth can be mitigated as, as obviously, you know, people's experiences aren't what the media say. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that, you know, when we, we, we obviously had a big transition, I think it was in the 50s, when we went from a coal-based heating system, 
heating society over to natural gas. And that's not actually been that long. So if that was 1950s, we're now obviously in 2020s. Um, we're going to see that same transition happen. And maybe the same sorts of arguments will have happened back then as we're having now. So nothing is new, is it? Um, so, you know, obviously that happened, we went from gold to gas. And maybe in 10 years time, we'll be looking back at this going, for, we went from gas to heat pumps and we'll, it'll just happen, <laughs> you know, but it, yeah. I think it does need to be, I don't think it is actually just going to happen. We do need the government to lead on that and to make it very clear that this is the way it's going to be and this is how we're going to make it happen. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Laura, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me today. I, you know, taking time out of your very busy schedule. Um, is there anything else that you'd just like to add before, you know, before heading off? Uh, no, I think I think it is just the case that, you know, it's just interesting to think about it. Well, what will it be like in 10 years time? Let's not forget the fact that we are in a climate emergency. I know it sometimes doesn't feel like that because of the how long it takes things to happen when we're trying to change things like the way we heat, the way we power, the way we drive. Um, but we are trying to do this to save our planet. Um, so let's just not let lose sight of what this is all about in all the politics and the finance, the economic stuff. Uh, it is all about trying to um, reduce our carbon, get to net zero and improve our air quality. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Thanks so much again, Laura. And um, yeah, we will, uh, we'll, we'll speak soon. No problem. Thank you. Cheers. So that was my CM conversation with Laura Bishop, Director of Infinitas Design and Chair of the GSHPA. I'd like to thank Laura again for her time and the insights she provided on this topic. I hope anyone who is interested in any factors we touched on during the podcast could gain an insight into viable perspectives from her role in the industry. If you'd like to hear more from industry leaders within the industrial market, please subscribe to the podcast to be notified when the next episodes are live. Thank you again for listening. I've been your host, Will Brockbank. Bye for now.